0: Morgan America. It's four in the morning. Four in the morning. Remember, Night Ranger. Four in the morning came without a warning. Everybody's out on place to be. Oh. Ugh. Breaking Trump misses big deadline in federal court. Good.
1: Really missed.
2: This is Michael Popak, Legal AF, Donald Trump has missed a Sunday deadline set by the judge in the E. Jean Carroll case against him, which goes to the jury on Monday, the judge having given him until five o'clock today to file a motion to reopen the case and testify in person before the jury gets the case in deliberation. Five o'clock came and went, no such motion was filed, which of course is the judge calling uh, Donald Trump's bluff after the judge was informed uh, last Wednesday and Thursday about Donald Trump's comments and we have a video clip of it while he was in Ireland and Scotland opening some sort of golf course in which he yelled out to the press that he was more than ready and was coming back to the states to confront E. Jean Carroll. That was a lie. It was a lie when it was said that the judge heard about this, brought it up to Joe Tacopina in the courtroom on Thursday and said to Mr. Tacopina, what am I to make of your clients? Uh, protests on the internet and in his uh, video clip in which he says he wants to come back to confront E. Jean Carroll. I thought you told me, Mr. Takabina, that the defense had rested and that your client had waived his right. Um, and then we'll find out what happened next. Let's look at the clip first of Donald Trump claiming that he's running back to the United States to confront E. Jean Carroll.
3: I have to leave Ireland and I have to leave Scotland where I have great properties. I have to leave early. I don't have to, but I choose to. Would Will you, you attend say the say trial, Mr. President? I'll Will probably you attend. You and you I think it's a attend. disgrace. It's it a disgrace attend. that it's allowed to happen. It's a false accusation against a rich guy, or in my case, against a famous rich and political person that's leading the polls by 40 points and i have to go back for a woman that made a false accusation about me and i have a judge who's extremely hostile and i'm going to go back and i'm going to confront this with this woman is a disgrace and it shouldn't be allowed to happen in our country
2: well we've seen the clip judge has seen the clip so he said to joe tacopino what am I to make about this? What am I to make of this? I thought you rested. I thought you were filing a motion to try to get this case away from the jury and have it entered as a matter of law, which you could only do when when uh, the case is completed. And Joe Tacopina said, as only Joe Tacopino, Joe Tacopina can say, judge, you know what I'm dealing with here with this client. Let's let that land on the table for a minute. Would- And the judge shook his head and said, "Okay, I'm going to bail you out here, Mr. Takapina. This is my words, not the judge. But he put it on the record as follows. We're going to give your client until five o'clock on Sunday to file a motion to reopen. Let's put up the actual order from the judge. It's it's what's called a minute order. Only appears in a docket entry for the particular case. We'll give you until five o'clock to file the motion to reopen the case for the sole purpose of testifying as a witness. And we talked about this just yesterday on the uh, podcast on the Midas Touch Network that I co-founded, I co anchor called Legal AF, uh, at the weekend edition with Ben Micellis and me, and I said out loud that 5 o'clock was going to come and go, we'd never see that motion, and that Donald Trump yeah, was of never going to walk through the doors of that courtroom and testify live. In front of that so he jury. lied to you You're Irish so people right on that prediction uh, exactly now at the same time that we have the failure of Donald Trump <laughs> to make good on his threat to confront Eugene Carroll in person Because we know he's a coward. We now have, of course, as we've had for the entire seven or eight days of the trial, a complete empty chair sitting over at the defense side. All the jury's been able to see, all the jury has been seeing is Joe Takapina, Chad Siegel, and Alina Haba, who's done absolutely nothing in the case, despite her appearances all over the news media. She's (laughs) done absolutely nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing. Uh, Alina Haba, as I like to joke, has done as much in that trial as I have, and I'm not even there. <laughs> she's not going to be doing the closing because she hasn't done a witness. Perry Brandt, who they parachuted into the case Donald Trump brought in from the Midwest in Kansas City. He took one witness. He cross examined Lisa Bernbach. I doubt he's doing the closing. I think they're going to ride the horse that they, that they brought into the trial. Joe Tacopina, who did all of the major witnesses, cross examined E.G. Carroll, and I think he's going to be doing the closing argument.
0: <laughs> now,
2: it's great for E. Jean Carroll's side of the case. Robbie Kaplan, her lawyer, Sean Crowley, her lawyer, Mike Ferrara, her lawyer, because they could who's ever doing the closing can say, we told you he was never going to show up, and he never did. Look at that empty chair. He doesn't care about justice in this case. He doesn't care about what E. Jean Carroll has to say under oath. He doesn't care about you, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. He chose not to do his Watching the legal breakdown. Oh, So, Glenn, shit. we've
1: got some new, not-so-great news for Donald Trump on the Mar-a-Lago documents case currently being investigated at the DOJ. Can you walk us through what happened here?
4: Yeah, it looks like there
1: may be a mole at Mar-a-Lago. It says Trump hit with stunning surprise news in stolen documents case one day ago.
5: You know, if you are a defendant or the target of a grand jury criminal investigation, this is probably the last sentence you want to see the New York Times report about that investigation. Mm-hmm. Say, Federal prosecutors investigating Trump's handling of classified documents have obtained the confidential cooperation of a person who has worked Power for off. him at Mar-a-Lago and there's a mole at Mar-a-Lago. You know, if... You have somebody on the inside, somebody who is close to Donald Trump, somebody who can see firsthand what he is or isn't doing with these classified documents that long ago should have been returned to the federal government. You know, that is about as directly incriminating as as evidence gets.
1: I guess just as a quick aside before we get into the substance of, of what this means for the case. How would the New York Times know here? Would it be more likely that the witness themselves uh, kind of presented themselves to these reporters at the New York Times? Or is it likely that prosecutors would have leaked this information to reporters? Yeah, that's a great question.
5: Um, leaks can come from various sources. So in my experience, Brian, and I'm not just taking up for my fellow prosecutors, rarely do prosecutors leak evidence that is otherwise a private by law, secret by law, to what we call 60 grand jury secrecy rules and provisions. Um, Rarely do FBI agents, the agents who are working with those federal prosecutors, leak information. Most often, um, it is the witness and the witness's lawyer, representing the witness before the grand jury, who end up talking, whether intentionally or inadvertently, about their cooperation with the federal prosecutors, Appearance before the grand jury because an interesting fact is prosecutors can't breathe a word of what goes on behind those grand jury uh, room doors the grand jurors are sworn to secrecy they could be held in contempt if they disclosed what was going on in these secret proceedings but the witnesses who appear before the grand jury have absolutely no prohibition against disclosing this stuff publicly to friends to the media I will say as a former career prosecutor, we urged witnesses not to disclose what was going on in the grand jury because that could only break bad for both the witness and the integrity of our investigation, but it was really entirely up to them. Here's the other thing. Attorneys who represent high value witnesses before the grand jury often love to brag about the fact that they are representing a high value witness before the grand jury if only because it might get them more business and that translates into more billable hours. So those are I think the the most frequent ways that this information tends to kind of leak out into the public square.
1: Is there anything that you can read from the tea leaves here that would suggest how much insight this person has?
5: No, it's really hard because there there wasn't a whole lot of meat on the reporting bones in the New York Times article. Um, But because it's somebody who was not only on the inside of Mar-a-Lago, but somebody who worked with or worked for Donald Trump. Now, yes, everyone who I guess is employed at Mar-a-Lago in some sense works for him. I have to believe this is somebody who probably had access to, for example, uh, Donald Trump's personal residence, Donald Trump's personal office. Because remember, after the federal prosecutors had subpoenaed documents from Donald Trump, after Donald Trump's lawyers certified in writing that it was all given over, the FBI, when they executed the search warrant, found classified documents in Donald Trump's desk drawers. So it's not like they were, you know, uh, in the the far reaches of Mar-a-Lago in some storage room. So um, anybody who can kind of give the federal prosecutors firsthand insight about what Donald Trump was doing with those classified documents, particularly after they had subpoenaed, been subpoenaed by the grand jury, is just a really valuable witness.
1: What kind of damaging information could this witness ultimately provide prosecutors with? Like, how could this hurt Donald Trump in this case the most?
5: Yeah, and there are some hints of this in some of the recent reporting. You now, there is some suggestion that Donald Trump looked through some of the boxes that contained classified information after it had been subpoenaed by the grand jury. And again, there is sort of the hint of Donald Trump sort of picking and choosing, but he might want to
1: keep in
5: violation of the grand jury subpoena and make no mistake about it. That is sort of squarely obstruction of justice, obstructing the grand jury investigation. So I have a feeling person on the inside might be able to sort of confirm with firsthand observations that Donald Trump did go through the boxes and select what he wanted to keep in violation of the grand jury subpoena, put it in his desk drawers. And again, testimony like that would be devastating and would build an even stronger case for, among other crimes, obstruction of justice.
1: You know, Glenn, people are going to look at this like they have been, and they're going to say, Biden hide classified documents at his home in Delaware, Pence had classified documents at his office. And so basically, this is just a nothing burger. What do you say to those people?
5: I say, first of all, that is probably some well-placed criticism. And here's why. No former government official should take with them classified materials when they leave public service. Now, it does happen. You know, high government officials have their offices packed up. They have stuff sent to their uh, private office, to their residence, And, you know, sometimes this is the kind of thing that ends up happening. But here's what's most important. not that classified documents were in the possession of Biden, Pence, and probably lots of other former government officials. What did those men do when they discovered they had classified documents? They contacted uh, the law enforcement officials. They invited them to come retrieve the documents. They invited them to conduct searches to make sure Biden, Pence had returned everything that ought to be returned to the federal government as compared to Donald Trump. Hiding documents from the federal government and exploiting them in ways that I have a feeling we'll be learning in the future, so ultimately, when you drill down these these two or three counting uh, Biden and Pence, these three incidents are as different as night and day, and here is really the defining feature that that, that highlights the difference the FBI presented all of the evidence of what Donald Trump was doing with the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago, the judge found there was probable cause to believe that as many as three federal crimes had been committed in connection with these classified materials. No judge ever issued a search warrant for for President Biden's residence or for former Vice President Mike Pence's residence. The federal judge did issue a search warrant for Mar-a-Lago.
1: Now, what charges do you anticipate will result from this, and how serious is this case? Because I know that we're looking at Fulton County and the DOJ's investigation into the events of January 6th as the big cases here, but how serious is this one?
5: You know, in answering the question, how serious is this, I think it really depends on what the federal prosecutors learn about what Donald Trump did with these documents, particularly that he was exploiting them for his own financial benefit, So the obstruction of justice, wrongfully violating a grand jury subpoena by secreting these documents, keeping them for yourself, um, that is actually a pretty significant crime. Um, Retaining, unlawfully sort of taking or retaining classified material is also a crime, a little bit lesser of a crime. And then I think the potentially most explosive criminal offense is a violation of the Espionage Act by mishandling national defense information. That is one of the three crimes that was listed in the search warrant as there being probable cause uh, having been committed. So it really depends, when you ask the question how serious is this, I think it depends on what the federal prosecutors learn about what Donald Trump did with the documents not just that he unlawfully retained
1: them. And finally, you know, I, I know that we have some insight into how things are moving in both the Manhattan DA's case and to a lesser extent in Fulton County, you know, as we're waiting for that imminent indictment to be passed down uh, uh, or not, the decision on whether to uh, imminently indict to be passed down by Fonnie Willis. But do we have any insight, any any way that you can glean, again, looking at the tea leaves, as to how things are going within the DOJ's investigations into both this Mar-a-Lago documents case and the January 6th case?
5: You know, I think the most telling data points are, one, Donald Trump's, one of his criminal defense attorneys, Evan Corcoran, was compelled to testify about, and in a very real sense, against his former client, Donald Trump, and Evan Corcoran removed himself from representation of Donald Trump in the Mar-a-Lago documents case. That is is sort of really high up on the evidentiary totem pole. So that would be kind of one of the last stops that Jack Smith would make before he was prepared to ask the grand jury to start considering charges against Donald Trump. And then I think when we move to the January 6th investigation, Mike Pence was probably at the tippy top of the evidentiary totem pole in that case. So um, by virtue of the fact that Mike Pence was compelled to testify, Jack Smith successfully litigated all of the roadblocks Pence and Trump tried to throw up in front of Mike Pence's grand jury testimony. And Jack Smith won at every turn. That is another data point that we are that, that they are. Far down the road in that criminal investigation, maybe not at the end game, but you know, predicting the timing of indictments is a fool's errand. So let me be foolish here for a minute. I would strongly suspect we'll see our first federal indictment sometime this
1: summer. Okay. Well, uh, as we await any information on that or any of the other cases that we're looking on right now, make sure to subscribe if you want to follow along with legal news. The links are right here on the screen. I'm Brian Tyler Cohen, and I'm Glenn Kirshner watching The Legal Breakdown. So, this summer... I'm
0: going to...
6: Next year you're going to have Jack Smith, and I heard this once by a comic, you know, he's going to be, you're going to see Jack Smith very soon subpoenaing Big Petey, Little Petey, Medium Petey, Real Petey, Ortho Petey, Petey Petey, Joe Baker Donuts, Muscles Marinara, Squidly, from <laughs> all right? At the end of the day, that's who he's coming, that's who he's coming to speak to.
7: I'm Ben Mycellus from the Midas Touch Network. I got to show you this clip from Political Beatdown, which I co host with Michael Cohen. And uh, that part of the clip, I'll play you the full version of it. It's where Michael Cohen talks about where special counsel Jack Smith is going next in his criminal investigation of Donald Trump following uh, having subpoenaed Matthew Calamari Sr. and Matthew Calamari Jr., who just testified before the criminal grand jury in Washington in D.C. But the clip starts with Michael Cohen talking about how when Donald Trump just sued him for $500 million, um, it's a form of witness intimidation, trying to intimidate and essentially harass Michael Cohen from being a witness in connection with the Manhattan District Attorney's criminal case against Donald Trump for falsification of business records. You're going to absolutely love this clip. It's Michael Cohen at his best. Let me play it the full clip right now.
6: Donald used or is using this $500 million lawsuit against me as more than just a lawsuit against me for this uh, alleged, uh, you know, for all these allegations. I don't even want to go into them. They're that stupid. What he's doing is he's basically witness tampering and obstructing justice. If you are a potential witness, why in the world would you want to have to defend a five hundred million dollar lawsuit against Donald Trump and go through the expense of defending it, which you have to do you can't ignore it, you ignore it, they get a default judgment against you that 's exactly what they're hoping would happen so people who would necessarily come forward and testify are now turning around and saying, yeah, I really don 't want to be involved in this you know and so uh, they change you know they change their tune and Again, it's all about trying to hold Donald Trump accountable for what he has done. Not what people want him to be held accountable for, but what he is accountable for and what you know the court will ultimately determine. So it shouldn't be based upon your like or dislike for Donald. It should be based upon the facts and you know. Facts presented in a court of law, not a court of public opinion.
7: Anything else going on, Cohen, with your other cases? Um, uh, any other depositions on the horizon, and, and anything else we should be looking forward to?
6: No, not yet. I mean, I prefer it this way. You know, it, it's—I spent seven hours. There were eleven attorneys. It was my attorney, Jeffrey K. Levine. There were three from government, and then there were seven from uh you know the various different trump uh and you know trump entities trump as well as um, other individuals who were named in that new york state attorney general case so i'm happy right now i don't have anything i just have a lot of litigation that's still pending uh as it stands right now we're still uh waiting for government to deal with um donald in the District Attorney of New York case, you may have seen the recent uh, articles that were put out there where Alvin Bragg went to the judge, I should say the DA's office, went to the judge in order to prohibit Trump from releasing documents that he will obtain as a direct result of discovery, which he is entitled to, um, to prevent them from releasing it to the public, uh, you know, through his you know, social media platforms. We'll wait to see technically what happens with that one. That's a really tricky uh, matter because, you know, he's claiming, rightfully so, it's his First Amendment right, if he wants to put that stuff out there. I don't know why he would want to. I don't think it benefits him no more than I think that my testifying before, uh, you know, Trump's counsel before for that New York State Attorney General case Uh, provided any benefit to him. But look, you know, he seems to have a cascade of incompetent counsel directing him every step of the way. So maybe it'll just help to make the cases move quicker. We
7: also learned this week that Matthew Calamari Sr., and Matthew Calamari Jr., his son, um, they're with, they're speaking before the grand jury in Washington D.C. in connection with uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith's ongoing criminal investigation into Donald Trump and specifically whether surveillance footage at Mar-a-Lago was tampered with. How big is this, Cohen? And can you explain for our viewers and listeners who the calamaris are, your dealings with them, and how you think their testimony before the grand jury in D.C. is going to be?
6: And so Matt is an interesting character at the Trump Organization, very much like most people, you know, that work there. He's a very interesting guy. Uh, insofar as he started out as uh, Trump's driver uh, and bodyguard. Uh, some, you know, and he's you know, managed over the course of, what, four decades now? He's there almost as long as Alan Weisselberg, shy by a couple of years. But he managed to move up to the uh, highly esteemed position of chief operating officer. Now, his son Matty, uh, good, ki- you know, good kid, smart, smart kid, decided, not so intelligently, to come work at the Trump Organization, and Matt put him in charge of, believe it or not, technology, security, uh, cameras, updating systems, helping with, you know, operations as well. Maddie basically controls all the cameras in all of the Trump facilities that are all uploaded to a single you know server or sets of servers that he has the capability of monitoring and of course you know extrapolating the information that is wanted. What I understand is not that the tapes have been manipulated this isn't like You know oceans 11 or something where they have a clip and they put it onto a wire and then it runs a a loop where nobody is there and so on that's not what i believe that they're looking for what i believe that they're looking for is answers as to why it took so long in order to obtain the information that they have been seeking And this information is extremely important. You know, many people may turn around and say, come on, what kind of bullshit? You know, who cares? You know, they got the tapes. It doesn't really matter. Well, sure, it matters. Not only does that specific um, request, but it must be a lengthy time period in front of that door. They want to see who went in, who went out, whether or not boxes were removed or documents were removed or anybody unauthorized managed to get into that facility, the storage facility, right, and you know, either copied or took top secret U.S. documents. So, yeah, it's really important. And the fact that, you know, this was not provided to government immediately, I believe, is the reason why they are calling the two calamari's, you know, to, um, you know, to speak before the special counsel. Now, another thing that I could Um, probably tell you with relative certainty that 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 conversation that they will be having with the special counsel's team, to be very honest with you, is not just going to be centric to videotapes and to the security system and so on. Rest assured, it will definitively, definitively encompass other aspects of the Trump organization because Matt was basically doing the same thing that Alan Weisselberg was doing and that he was charged with. You know, he had an apartment that was, you know, where, you know, um, here in the city, he had an apartment. uh, So did Maddie. And then they also were given vehicles. And I've never seen their tax returns. So I'm basically speculating that, you know, they didn't, reported either as income or so on. Um, I don't know about any payments for education or anything like that. But At the end of the day, uh, I'm pretty sure that the special counsel has more questions to ask than just merely about the video mach- uh, the videotaping machine and security.
7: You know, so there we talk about calamaris. We talked earlier in the week about Dan Scavino. So Dan Scavino worked as Trump's caddy, and then basically became the deputy chief of staff. You have a no,
6: after becoming caddy. He he became. Let's not forget his resume, his CV, impressive CV that it is. He became the general manager of Trump National Briarcliff Manor, which is in Westchester.
7: And then he rose up. (laughs) And then he rose up to become the basically the deputy chief of staff and was social media director. You have the calamari's Trump's drivers who rose to the level of COO. um, And now they're all testifying before uh, the grand jury and special counsel, Jack's (laughs) special counsel, Jack Smith. I, I mean, he only hires the best people. Right, Cohen?
6: Oh, whoa, whoa! Take it easy there. I was there for ten years. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, next year you're gonna have Jack Smith, and I heard this once by a comic. You know he's gonna be. <laughs> you're gonna see Jack Smith very soon, subpoenaing big Petey, little Petey, medium Petey, re PD, Ortho PD, Petey PD, Petey, Petey Petey, Joe Bag Donuts, Muscles Marinara, Squidly Dill <laughs> Jean. All right. At the end of the day, that's who he's coming. That's who he's coming to speak to. And what do you think he's gonna end up with? Uh, who knows? I think it's at the at the end of the day, if you think about it, there have been so many people testifying before this January 6th committee. They have like a thousand people have testified at this point or have given testimony. You have millions of documents that have been given. You know, there comes a point in time. I, you know, and my, guy, my mom always says to me, you know, it's time for them to shit and get off the pot. enough already you know it's it's truly enough you know how much more do you need you have emails you have text messages going in and out of the white house you now have four members of the oath keepers today that they were they were charged and sentenced to seditious conspiracy you know how significant that is you have any idea this isn't this isn't like A charge that anybody thought was going to be possible. I mean, you have to attempt to overthrow the government and you have to try and coordinate it, coordinate the overthrow with other people. And they did it and they did it. They were successful. These four, I don't even know what the guidelines are for seditious conspiracy. What is it? 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? I mean, who the hell knows? Are you going to, you know, some supermax because it's seditious conspiracy? I mean, I'm waiting to see, you know, what all the information is, where these folks are going to go, what the length that they're going to be given. I mean, look, it is serious. I mean, this whole January 6th is really serious, but holy crap, nobody thought that they were going to be i mean think about how many pundits on television got this shit wrong oh come on so This get, it has never been applied it doesn't really you know it didn't really mean it for this and at the end no no today four of them and there will be more
7: and there you have it folks make sure you download political beatdown wherever you get your audio podcast just search political beatdown and make sure you subscribe right here to the Midas Touch YouTube channel. Hit subscribe. It is free. Until next time, I'm Ben Mycellus from the Midas Touch Network. Lock him up! Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new indictment season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com. What? Congressman Jamie Raskin says the January 6th committee revelations will blow the roof off the House. Marjorie Taylor Greene, insurrection hearings in Georgia are broadcast live. We break it down. The Kevin McCarthy tapes audio recordings from Republican leadership conference calls following the insurrection exposes Kevin McCarthy as a liar and exposes...
3: The hunter bottom oh, come Slow news slow or something. So
0: you missed the um nobody surprised. Maggie and Funter tantrum and humiliating
3: no uh, full video. Huh.
5: What's up everyone? Coach D speaks here. You know nothing says patriotism (laughs) like grabbing your american flag bikini top and throwing it on and then grabbing your gun and this this like can you guys just get over the bud light thing i mean how many more of these videos how how many more ways can you
4: buy beat with ari melber one day ago top story is what you see here this is brand new this is the video donald trump did not want anyone to see it's the former president forced under oath to answer questions about an alleged assault in his civil defamation and rape trial. What you see right here, for the first time tonight, is this brand new footage from that case, and unlike... Which I've covered Donald already. Arraignment ...and what will be the process at his upcoming scheduled criminal trial, where there were a few photographs that showed him right before the arraignment began, but there are no video cameras allowed in that proceeding in New York criminal court. But here, Tonight you can see that the cameras were rolling which is exactly the scenario that Trump was trying to prevent with his defiance and delay tactics just as he has ran from testifying to Bob Mueller or the January 6 committee or the New York AG pro but here he got cornered forced under oath as you can see right there and you can see from him talking I'm about to play some of this that he did not plead the 5th as he and others have done in other proceedings instead here He responds. He parries questions about his alleged conduct in this taped deposition in the civil rape case. And we knew the jury had seen this tape this week. But now tonight, what's different is, according to the process, it is now public for the first time. So this video evidence is now publicly available. And Trump was pressed on the account by his accuser. He denies all charges. And he was pressed on his own apparent admissions on the infamous Access Hollywood tape. Here is some of the new deposition.
0: In this video, I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them by the (laughs) You can do anything. That's what you said, correct? Well,
3: historically, that's true with stars.
0: It's true with stars that they can grab women by
3: Well, that's what that's if you look over the last million years, I guess that's been largely true, not always, but largely true, unfortunately or fortunately.
0: And you consider yourself uh, to be a
3: star. I think you can say that, Yeah.
4: So you saw right there the lawyer garners a type of admission because Trump stands accused of what he asserted or claimed stars could do and then directly thereafter he puts himself in that same star category. The lawyer also pressed Donald Trump about claims that the accuser was not his, quote, type, which draws this very controversial new exchange where you see Donald Trump discuss his, quote, first choice for this type of scenario, and that is something he uses in his alleged or apparent defense. So he's talking about his, choice as a defense against what he stands accused of and then you'll be able to hear as he turns this same verbiage on the lawyer in the room questioning him
3: she would not be my first choice that I can tell you you don't know that would not be my first choice
0: when you said in that video that Ms. Leeds would not be your first choice you were referring
3: to her physical looks, correct? Just the overall, not my, I look at her, I see her, I hear what she says, whatever. You wouldn't be a choice of mine either, to be honest with you. I hope you're not insulted. I would not, under any circumstances, have any interest in you. I'm, being, I'm honest when I say it.
4: It is legally irrelevant, also obviously quite offensive, to turn the discussion and try to attack the attorney. But that statement there might also hurt Donald Trump with a jury that is being asked to weigh, in the context of this civil trial, his alleged misogyny and his alleged conduct.
8: Uh, My specialty when I was at the Department of Justice was trying crimes against women, crimes against the elderly and sex crimes in particular and child trafficking. And so (laughs) he appears to be deeply unlikable Uh, in that deposition, and oftentimes jurors want to determine whether or not they find someone truthful, likable, believable. He fails in all of those three categories immediately just from that deposition, and oftentimes attorneys will tell you Everything that you say can and will be held against you in a court of law. I guarantee you that there are going to be women on that jury, even men on that jury, that are going to despise him from because of what he just said.
4: And to dig into it in the context of this case, yeah. is it uh, legally effective uh, to try to win or defend against what he's accused of by, by getting into... Uh, what he would argue is a quote choice or romantic appraisal when the real question is did you sexually assault someone Uh, it's not a scenario where we're discussing even your quote choice or dating preference.
8: Well well, it's going to be harmful to him because if the prosecutor or the, the civil attorney rather has has any chops they will explain to the jury that rape is not about looks Rape is not about, um, you know, whether or not you like someone. Rape is about power. And it's very clear on this tape that he is saying as a star, he has the power to do whatever he would like to do to a woman. That is the classic defini- mm. definition of a rapist. So I think that type of admission is going to be very, very harmful. I mean, if I were trying that case, I would feel like I just hit the jackpot. Well.
4: It's very, it's very interesting hearing from you directly on that, that exact point. Mm-hmm. Then we have more of how he tries to parry and do his thing, and again, I, I mentioned this in uh, emphasizing in our reporting, there's plenty of Trump where he's trying to be in the spotlight and get the attention, yes. sort of the PR Trump. This is exactly what he's been avoiding, and I gave examples, and yet here he is. And so uh, basically I want to show, the lawyer hands him a photo of Trump with this, this accuser, Carol, as well as Marla Maples, leading to this exchange
0: have in front of you, a black-and-white photograph that we've marked as DJT-23. And I'm going to ask you, is this the photo that you were just referring to?
3: I think so, yes.
0: And do you recall when you first saw this photo?
3: At some point during the process, I saw it. That's, I guess, her husband, John Johnson, who was an anchor for ABC. Nice guy. I thought, I mean, I don't know him, but I thought he was pretty good at what he did. Um, I don't even know who the woman, let's see, I don't know who, it's Marla. You're saying Marla's in this photo? That's Marla, yeah,
0: that's,
3: that's my wife.
0: Which one, woman are you pointing to?
3: No. Here. Carol. Oh, uh, that, The oh, person you just pointed to was Jane oh, and Carol. Who is that? Who sure, is this? Is? Point
0: your wife. And the person, the woman on the right is your
3: then wife, I don't Obama? know, this was the picture. I assume that's John Johnson Is that because it's very blurry.
4: (laughs) What do you see there in that exchange? Because we're so used to this voluble Trump and his fans have a certain idea of him and here he he really seems to be kind of running out the clock or using a lot of words to just not say anything about the photo.
8: Not only is he using a lot of words, I mean, on the back of the fact that he said, she's just not my type, he married Marla, Marla Maples this woman looks just like Marla Maples at that time. Mm. So that flies in the face of whatever kind of weird defense he thinks he has. And so, again, this is the worst possible type of evidence, I think, in a case like this, which is he said, she said, in a a sense. It's circumstantial, and, and it's happened a long time ago. Memories fade. But this puts you right there and right then. And let's also remember, he's not in the courtroom. Most defendants that are... Being accused of something as heinous as sexual assault, whether it be a criminal defendant or a civil defendant, would you not want to get into that courtroom and defend yourself? He's not hmm. there, yeah. But this puts him in the courtroom and puts him in a way that's very unflattering. Again, I would say this was a very, very, very good day for that civil defense, for that civil attorney.
4: Right. Which we're only learning about now that we can actually see the video. The, the last little piece I have is, is sort of the inflection or perhaps the um, national moment to revisit what happened in 16 and some people are understandably tired of it and yet i think we should keep in mind that the video we're about to see which is again the access hollywood is not being offered um in a political context It's not being offered in a trump documentary it is being brought forward by the lawyers representing the woman who says uh, that she sought this accountability in court. So it is in that context that this is back out here. and uh, We don't usually see this, which is Trump in this setting sort of just right. sitting through it. Let's take a look.
3: I've got to use some tic tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet, you just kiss. I don't even to wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything.
4: Whatever you
6: want.
3: Grab them by the I
4: can do anything. This is just, again, in the deposition, him sort of sitting through yes. it, which they've released, um, both in law but in life, given your history here. Mm-hmm. What do you think America takes from all of this now that he was, he did lose the vote, he, fewer people voted for him, but he was elected to the Electoral College even after that was exposed. Right. A lot of people and women's advocates looked at that as this sort of. Unacceptable affirmation, the Me Too movement came out of that, partly related to the tectonic shit plates under Trump, Um, and here he is now at least being held accountable in the civil context for, uh, we'll see what the jury says, but for this alleged assault.
8: Well what I saw on that tape is, I don't need consent. They let you do it. Mm -hmm. I don't need consent to kiss someone, I don't need consent to touch someone, I can touch them by their genitals because I'm a star. You always need consent for any sort of unwanted touching for any sort of touching and here he is in a case where he is accused of unwanted touching unwanted sexual assault yeah. and he is saying but i don't need the consent anyway yeah again i think this type of evidence is perhaps even stronger than have having him on the witness stand denying it
4: more Fox News texts, this time from Brett Baer, who's always said he's the big straight news anchor over there. Well, he was caught plotting privately with Tucker Carlson, now ousted, and these new texts obtained by the Daily Beast, we here at MSNBC have not confirmed or obtained them. Um, tell a story. On November 5th, this is three days after the election, Carlson secretly writes to Baer, we could lose our audience. And Baer responds, we've been pushing for answers, I have pressed them to s- slow. And I think they will slow walk Nevada. The votes don't come in until tomorrow. Does this sound like a straight news reporter, like someone at the AP who is just following the election results and going to tell you what they find? Or does it sound like in this text that Brett Baer is panicked and worried that if he says true things that the audience doesn't like, it'll be bad. And so they at least want to slow that down. Then Carlson writes, quote, when Trump loses, so they knew that was coming, he's going to blame us. That's going to be very bad. I've got four more years here. Well, that didn't turn out to be true. I'm stuck with Fox. That didn't turn out to be true. He goes on to write, got to do whatever I can to keep our numbers up and our viewers happy. Now, there, again, who says he's the straight news guy talking to Carlson, writes back, yes. So compare that to this. Does the president watch your show? I know he watches my show. Obviously, I think he likes the opinion shows a little bit better than the news shows. I he see. Talks
5: fair, balanced, and unafraid. You've been saying that a lot on your show.
3: Yeah, yeah, that was the tagline. That When I took over for Brit Hume, fair, balanced, not afraid. When I took over the show, I said, Dick, can I keep the tagline? And so now, I, I, sometimes I say fair, balanced, and still unafraid.
4: Unafraid or afraid that saying things that were true, they both evinced the knowledge Trump was going to lose, but saying that, or saying that in a timely manner, which is how live news works, would upset the audience, which they were afraid of. Caught. Now, we checked in with Fox, and I want to share the response they gave regarding the calls. They say Fox News stood by that Arizona call, which was the big one that went against Trump, despite intense scrutiny. They go on to say that there was a narrow margin there and add, quote, it's hardly Surprising, there'd be post-mortem discussions surrounding the call and how it was executed. Fox also points to something that bear said in September 2022. I fully supported our decision desk's call and would defend it on air. So there is at least a tension here, if not an outright contradiction, between talk of unafraid, courageous, real-time facts, no matter what the response is, and what the texts in private show. More and more evidence coming out from that defamation case.
3: What is True Social? It's a platform. That's been opened by me uh, as an alternative to Twitter.
0: And your handle on True Social is at Real Donald Trump?
3: I believe so, yes. Okay.
0: Now, on October 12, just a few days ago, you issued a statement on True Social about Ms. Carroll in this case, correct?
3: I believe so, yes.
0: And... um The statement that you posted, who wrote that statement? I did. You yourself? Yeah. Um, Did you post the statement yourself? Yes. Um, And in addition to posting the statement on Truth Social, you also sent it to the press.
3: Yes. uh, It's called uh, Truth and Post. We post uh, much like uh, how would you say it? We put out a statement and we also put it on truth.
0: Okay, let's look um, at the statement. Let's mark it as DJT28. Okay, so this one. I can't read this. Well, we have a blown up version. Let's mark it as 28 and 28A. 28 so what we have in front of you is DJT28, sir, is the post as it appeared on True Social on October 12 twenty twenty two and a blown up version because we appreciate the the reading, the type is very small, a blown up version that should be more legible. Do you have I both can of those? See it, yeah. Okay. So it says October 12 twenty two, statement by Donald J. Trump, forty-fifth president of the United States of America. This quote, Ms. Burdorf Goodman case is a complete con job and our legal system in this country and and our legal system in this country, but especially in New York State just look at Peekaboo James, is a broken disgrace. You have to fight for years and spend a fortune in order to get your reputation back from liars, cheaters, and hacks. This decision is from the judge who was just overturned on my same case. I don't know this woman, have no idea who she is, other than it seems she had a picture of me many years ago with her husband shaking my hand on a reception line at a celebrity charity event. She completely made up a story that I met her at the doors of this crowded New York City department store and within minutes swooned her, swooned is in quotes. It is a hoax and a lie, just like all the other hoaxes that have been played on me for the past seven years. And while I'm not supposed to say it, I will, this woman is not my type, exclamation point. She has no idea what day, what week, what month, what year or what decade this so-called event in quotes supposedly took place. The reason she doesn't know is because it never happened and she doesn't want to get caught up with details or facts that could be proven wrong. If you watch Anderson Cooper's interview with her where she was promoting a really crummy book, you will see that it is a complete scam. She changed her story from beginning to end after the commercial break to suit the purposes of CNN and Andy Cooper. Our justice system is broken along with almost everything else in our country. Her lawyer is a political operative and Cuomo crony who goes around telling people that the way to beat Trump is to sue him all over the place. She is suing me on numerous frivolous cases, just like this one, and the court system does nothing to stop it. In the meantime, and for the record, E.G. Carroll is not telling the truth, is a woman I had nothing to do with, didn't know, and would have no interest in knowing her if I ever had the chance. Now, I, now, all I have to do is go through years more of legal nonsense in order to clear my name of her and her lawyer's phony attacks on me. This can only happen to quote in quotes Trump exclamation point. That yeah. did I read that correctly?
3: Great statement. Yeah.
0: True. Um, True. And now that you've heard it again and you have it in front of you, you're again confirmed that you wrote the whole thing yourself.
3: I wrote it all myself. All myself. Did you t-
0: now at the beginning of your post? The reference Ms. Bergdorf Goodman is reference to Ms. Carroll, right? That's right. Now, when you say in here, I don't know this woman and have no idea who she was who she is, even though you're using the present tense, you're referring back to your knowledge as of when she first made the allegation.
3: I still don't know this woman. I think she's a whack job. I have no idea. I don't know anything about this woman other than what i read in stories and what i hear uh, i i know i know nothing about her
0: okay well i guess the distinction i'm trying to make sir is that when the allegation came out in 2019 you said you I think it's your testimony you had no idea who she was so
3: I, st- I still don't
0: well today you at least know that she's a plaintiff in a case suing you correct? oh yes that i know okay.
3: but i know nothing about her i think she's sick mentally sick okay
0: um you say in this post, use a strange word which I want to ask you about, you say she completely made up a story that I met her at the doors of this crowded New York City department store and within minutes swooned her. you see that?
3: Yeah. What is swoon? Her uh, that would be a word, maybe accurate or not, having to do with uh, talking to her and talking to her to do an act that she said happened which didn't happen and it's a nicer word than the word that starts with an F and this would be a word that I used because I thought it would be inappropriate to use the other word um, and it didn't happen.
0: Okay, I, I was curious when I read this so I looked up the word swoon in the dictionary and it, under the dictionary it means to faint with extreme emotion. That's not what you meant. Yet
3: objection for him? Uh, Well, sort of, that's what she said I did to her. She fainted with great emotion. She actually indicated that she loved it, okay? She loved it until commercial break. In fact, I think she said it was sexy, didn't she? It was very sexy to be raped. Didn't she say that? So, sir,
0: I just want to confirm, it's your testimony that Eugene Carroll said that she loved being sexually assaulted by you?
3: Well, based on her interview with Anderson Cooper, I believe that's what took place. We, we, can, we can define that. You'll have to show that. I'm sure you're going to show that, but she was interviewed by Anderson Cooper, and I think she said that rape was sexy, which it's not, by the way. But I think she said that rape was sexy, and it was. she actually said things that were very strange, and then she was a different person after the when he said, we'll take a break right now. We're gonna take a break right now. He didn't like what she was saying. He was very upset with what, and then she came back and she was a much different woman the second, in the second half, so to speak.
0: And so the question I'm asking you is, did she say in that interview that she loved being sexually
3: assaulted by you? Well, she said something to that effect. I mean, you'll have to take a look at the interview yourself. Uh, I believe she said rape was sexy. Which Anderson Cooper is dying, he's saying, let's get to a commercial break immediately. I think you better watch the interview, I'm sure you have, but you better watch the interview. In the interview, when Ms. Carroll talked about rape being
0: sexy, isn't it true that she said that's a view that many
3: other people hold? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. All I know is I believe she said rape is sexy or something to that effect, but you'll have to watch the interview. It's been a while.
0: And just to clarify, you, I think you said a few minutes earlier that you used the word "swooned" as a synonym for—you said the F word for sexual intercourse.
3: Yeah. That's because that's what she said. What do you mean? She never used the word "swooned." She—she uh, she okay. said that I did something to her that. Never took place. There was no anything. I know nothing about this nut job. Okay, then you go on to say in the statement,
0: and while I am not supposed to say it, I will. Why were you
3: not supposed to say it? Because it's not politically correct to say. Read the next, go ahead. That she's not my type Yeah. Because it's not politically correct to say it, and I know that, but I'll say it anyway. She's accusing me of rape a woman that I have no idea who she is. It came out of the blue. She's accusing me of rape, of raping her. The worst thing you can do, the worst charge, and, and you, know it's, you know it's not true too. You're a political operative also. You're, disca- you're a disgrace. But she's accusing me, and so are you, of rape, and it never took place. And I will tell you, I made that statement, and I said, well, it's politically incorrect, She's not my type, and that's a hundred percent true. She's not my type. Now,
0: in your true social statement on October twelfth, um, you use the word hoax. Specifically, you say it is a hoax and a lie, just like all the other hoaxes that have been played on me for the past seven years. Do you see that?
3: Yeah.
0: I'm making that statement. Um, And I take it what you're saying there is um, Ms. Carroll fabricated um, her claim that you sexually assaulted her, correct? Yes,
3: totally. 100%.
0: fair to say, you'd agree with me, would you not, that you use the term hoax quite a lot? Yes, I do. Um, CNN reported that you used it more than 250 times in 2020. Does that sound right to you? Could
3: be. I've had a lot of hoaxes played on me. This um, is one of them. And how, how would you define the word hoax? Uh, a fake story. A false story. A made-up story. Something that's
0: not true.
3: Something that's not true. Yes.
0: Um, sitting here today, can you recall what else you have referred to as a hoax? Sure.
3: The Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. It's been proven to be a hoax. Uh, Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Hoax. The... The Mueller situation for two and a half years hoax, ended in no collusion, it was a whole big hoax. Uh, The lying to the Pfizer court hoax, the lying to Congress many times hoax by all these people, this this scum that we have in our country, lying to Congress hoax, spying on my campaign hoax, they spied on my campaign and now they admit it. that was another hoax and i could get a whole list of them and this is a hoax too this when you say this and that There's this ridiculous situation that we're doing right now. it's a big fat hoax she's a liar and she's a sick person in my opinion really sick something wrong with her <laughs>
7: Donald Trump's motion to dismiss E. Jean Carroll's civil rape and defamation lawsuit is denied by a New York federal judge, at least some of the claims are now set to go to trial for uh, April, and the federal judge in that case just released portions.